1: On October 1st, we're giving away a custom-shaped Pat Rawson surfboard. One lucky listener will win it, and you'll only be responsible for shipping costs, if any. He'll shape it in either San Diego or Hawaii, depending on where the winner is. So if you live in one of those regions, there will be no shipping costs. Anyway, we do these surfboard giveaways every other month as a thank you to listeners who make a financial contribution to this show. You can do that at surfsplendorpodcast.com/donate. Any amount will enter you to win. Most people have it set up as a $5 recurring monthly donation. And then also this month is sponsored by our longtime partner, Spy So you can use our promo code podcast on their website, spyoptic.com, and that'll earn you an additional entry to win the board. So for the first time ever, you can double your chances of winning. spyoptic.com promo code podcast. Thank you, Spy. Thank you, Pat Rawson. And then of course, thank you to you listeners for helping all of this to happen. Today's episode is with one of the world's leading experts on the channel bottom, Dale Wilson. As you'll hear Dale acknowledge, he credits his experience and actually his career to Alan Byrne, or AB is how you'll most hear Dale refer to him. So before we get into Dale Wilson, here's a brief history on Al Byrne. An eight-time national champ in New Zealand in the 60s and 70s, Byrne moved to Hawaii in the early 70s to build surfboards for various labels. After watching a live broadcast on television for the Apollo 17 moon landing, He decided that he wanted to become an astronaut, so he moved back to New Zealand, and within two years he was an officer flying jets in the Royal New Zealand Air Force. In the mid 80's he moved to Queensland, Australia and returned to board making, founding his label Burning Spears, which became synonymous with his fighter jet inspired, deeply hewn six channel bottom feature, designed to increase both speed and traction. He built surfboards for Wayne Bartholomew, Gary Elkerton, and many other icons, but was equally respected for his own surfing prowess. At age 32, he finished runner-up to Simon Anderson at the Pipe Masters in 1981, and then very tragically, on August 8, 2013, at the age of 62, Alan Byrne died due to complications following a motorcycle crash in Bali, something that Dale also speaks of in this conversation. This episode was recorded in early March 2019 in my hotel room overlooking Greenmount in Queensland, Australia. Thank you to Shapers Manufacturing Co. for facilitating all of this. And without further ado, my name is David Scales for Surf Splendor. I hope that you enjoy my conversation with channel bottom guru, shaper, laminator, and surfer, Dale Wilson. bottom board on Instagram, the top three comments are always about, "Oh, I'd hate to be that laminator. Or I'd hate to be that sander." It's like the oldest joke yeah, in the yeah. book at this point, you know. Um, but I still see it every yeah, time. Yeah. It, it, it's it's a funny one. That's
0: all I do. I've done all my life. You're the guy that yeah, they yeah, all so, feel sad for. Yeah, yeah. And I shape glass and sand, so mm-hmm. I do everything. And um, I laugh at that comment. I just and occasionally I'll put up posts and people go. Oh poor Sand, I go, yeah, yeah, he hates it, but you know, because I just don't know I do it, you know, so it's quite it's funny that one. But um for me personally, I have no issues with them is and the reason I do everything, yeah it's different when A B and myself were a team. Um I had more time to you know, we were doing about ten a week, but since a, B, pass, it's very hard to get guys to, who are qualified, if qualified's a word, or are good trades and don't complain about a channel bottom. So I end up just doing it all myself. And if every stage is as clean and perfect, the next stage is easy, you know. And so really at the end of the day, they're not that hard. you know, really? If every stage is done right. A lot of our design is based on glassing. So they glass well, they glass easy. So you know, I, I glass quite a few guys, different channels, because I'm a glassing company as well, and that's originally what I always was. And uh, you know, I, I sit there and you'll tell them, "I oh, just make make this fly a little bit more angled." Does nothing really to the actual design of the board or how how the water's going to flow, but. Makes the glassing ten times easier. Mm. You won't, and the board ten times stronger. Uh, you know, you always see, you know, a badly produced channel crack up the channels because the board's twist quite a bit because there's sort of so much foam taken out of the, those channels. They twist and they crack. So if you don't get those flies right, you can't get to, you can't wrap the glass properly. So then, um, yeah, the board's just going to fall fall
1: apart. You know? mm. Dave Parminer was telling me once that he he sends his boards to a glasser to the Waterman's Guild, and he was telling me that he will intentionally undershape or overshape a board like if he wants a hard edge, he'll actually leave it soft because he knows that the laminator will actually make it super hard, and then that the sander will come down and bring it down to the right level. Yeah. And that's I, I personally think.
0: Every shaper should sand their own boards. It used to be when I, I started making boards or came to this country, country, everybody, every shaper sanded, you know. So yeah, we were we it wasn't mass production, you know. Especially us, we were always channel bottoms, you know. But every shaper I know back in those old guys, they all sanded, and that was purely for that reason. Sanding, you know, that's the fine tuning of the board and. Not enough credit goes to Sanders you know you never it's always about the shaper, never about glassing or or Sanders and Sanders are, you know the are the guys on the Sanders of course
1: <laughs> well no, that was actually in my notes was I was going to ask how you feel about the laminator and the sander and everybody in between being overshadowed by the shaper i, yeah. I mean based on that comment alone from Dave it um you realise the shaper is actually not the least important, but they're all equally important. Yeah. And in the end, there's no name, nobody's name on the board other than the shaper. Exactly Some that. glass houses put a laminate yeah. on. But See, I, I actually had this conversation today with a guy because I've been
0: glassing at hot stuff originally when I first moved over in which chain and we were burning spears now. And I've never put a glassing sticker on my boards. And someone mm. said to me, you know you should get a glass end sticker. It's so, like, well, I never thought of getting one, you know. and But to me, it's not about – it's a team of guys or girls that produce a board at the end. And, yeah, it always has the shaper's name on it. But those – even down to the guy who puts a fin plugs in is probably, you know, one of the most important jobs as well, you know. have yeah, fin's all out of action. Like, I'd – when I'm really busy, I'll get guys to help me, and I'll be checking their fins, and I'll be doing. But that's just me personally, mm-hmm. just because I'm a hands-on yeah. board maker, you know. But um, honestly, not enough credit goes to everybody in that factory, down to the guys sweeping the floors, which yeah. doesn't really happen. But you know. <laughs> isn't that where everybody starts? <laughs> yeah, well, used to. But uh, I, the problem what I see with, with our industry is. It's so easy to be a shaper and get your boards glassed elsewhere that people just go, oh, I'll, you know, come up with a decal and then I'll get a computer cut and I'll shape, I'll shape it, give it to a glassing company, bang, I've got a board and, you know, for you and me, you would look at and go, well, that's a professionally made board. Mm-hmm. The guy's only shaped ten boards in his life, you know, and, and so those guys won't go to a factory and go, Oh, can I sweep the floors, can I do some dings, you know? Right. You know? Right. And so those guys aren't coming through. So at the moment, especially on the Gold Coast, it's so hard to find laminators and sanders, you
1: know. It's the case in California too. Yeah. yeah there you go. There's yeah. nobody backfilling. Yeah. You know, there's no and there's no um program set up for apprenticeship or anything like that. I feel like it's somewhat of a intimidating environment for a kid to walk into yeah. to learn and his mom's probably going to tell him it's too toxic or something, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. and then um, it's notoriously low paying. A lot of yeah. factories oh. don't pay fairly. I, I, it's funny with Alan Byrne, you know,
0: we had to raise so much money for him to, even to try and get his body back from Bali, you know, and to me, I, I him, I'm biased because I've always worked with him, but I rated him as the top level of shaping and surfboard design, and he had no money. It's crazy. Exactly. So really, at the end of the day, it's, it shows you people don't understand that we do it for the love, you know, and it's cliche saying that you do it for the love of the job, but why would you – if we were builders or something, we'd be killing it. Oh, yeah. You know? So – but we love making boards. We love, we can go surfing we're in, ever, anywhere in the world whenever we want, really. Mm-hmm. And that's what it comes down to is paying for those surf trips or, you know, spending time with your family. And really that's – our to me, my life, it's – I wouldn't do mm-hmm. – everybody that says, I'll oh, I'll get out of the industry – they go for a year and they're back. You know. Why do they come back? Because they they do the nine to five and just go. I yep. can't do that.
1: Because there's no love in that. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. And there's, there's obviously yeah, there would be exceptions to that, that rule, but there'll be. You know, it's such a good job. You know, just the lo- the love you give people. You know, as in they'll. You know you. You make a guy bored, especially I find with the channels, guys that never ridden a channel and go, just give it some time and then they'll come back from a surf trip or something and just be, they won't shut up, you know, mm. and send you all these photos and, and they, you can't buy that, you know, just that enjoyment you give people, you know, that's
1: yeah, the best. We'll get into channels, channel bottoms. I wanna hear, I wanna learn everything about them possible. and. Listeners actually um, send notes all the time, kind of asking for more detailed, super nerdy, technical information. So yeah. I'll let you provide it. But before we do, I was curious if you could tell me about the first time you met Alan Byrne. Uh, the, would have been I, I was lucky enough. Uh, I
0: made boards in Christchurch, New Zealand, which if anybody knows, is cold. It's there's no surf. There is surf, but you know, there's it's not like here and. So I, my dream was finish school and come here and make surfboards, you know. So I jumped on a plane and I, I got in onto the Gold Coast and I bought a car, like a, a shit box and uh, got, paid my bond for, to, for a unit and I had no money. It was everything. I had five surfboards. I was like, oh, I better get a job, you know, <laughs> first
1: day. And what year was this? This was 95. So, and wh- who were the surfboard shapers at the time that you venerated and looked up to when you were coming here? Uh, Did you have an idea for...? I'd always go and see... Nev at the
0: time had a um, had a shop in Mermaid and it had a glass booth, like a glass window. Oh, yeah. And I'd go there, come over on holiday and just... Because my dream was to shape it. I'd go and watch Nev shape boards. I'd, I want to do that, you know? So... You know, at, at that time, I, I'd probably come over here and, yeah, want to sort of be in that, because up that end is it's the big smoke, you know. There's, like, at the time, I think Nev was doing you know, all, the, all the team riders and that, they had the funding. And, and then what I, I did was just walk, walk around Crumben, and luckily I walked into a guy, Chook, he, where Shapers are that used to be a farmhouse and that, um, the guy made boards from there and he said, oh, Paul Hallis from Hot Stuff needs a sander. And so when, and i heard of Hot Stuff, you know, just purely because of the name and through Rabbit. And then to walk into the factory, and I was like, oh, why? oh this is, you know, probably top end. And I was like, oh dear, this is great. And then, um, Uh, h asked me to start that day actually so i was honestly it's like yeah
1: i'll
0: I'll do whatever you want you know and um he goes well i need a sander and then at the time al was at fun zone which is in tweed heads and uh hot stuff was a glassing company as well and so he was um glassing else so we'd gone down there I think that uh, next week I think to pick up some boards and well, I'd always you know growing up in New Zealand at AB was the legend of surfing you know and really still is you know this you know like just to be at that level you know through surfboards and and his own surfing um and yeah so that 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 first time I met him was he was the nicest guy I'd ever met and he wanted to know more about me coming from Christchurch than, you know, talking about him or the boards that we were going to glass. And, and I sort of walked out of that, out of his bay with H and just go, oh, that, that guy's really cool, you know. And South Island and North, I'm from the South Island of New Zealand, are two totally different countries. You know? Really? Yeah, it's just, they so I'd never met anybody really from the north island (laughs) it sounds weird but it's sort of true being from the south island and um i was going wow this guy's a legend and he's so nice you know and then over over time as we made the boards i i I figured i'd met all these guys like rabbit and h and that and they're all just the coolest guys you know it's so nice and that's where i went you know to me, as a grommet, you know, I was 20 or something like at the time. These guys are so high up and surfing that they... It, it changed my thinking of so-called legends, you know. Just, these guys are normal, you know. They're good, normal people, you know, rather than go, wow. I mean, obviously, I was always starstruck by guys, but, you know, at, at the end of the day, it's... Yeah, they... They sort of, yeah, it's all about making surfboards, really, making the best yeah. surfboards, So, which I think that's – we all knew, you know, everybody knows. You You meet a guy that makes boards, you know, you can talk for hours. Yeah. You know, yeah. even if you have totally different sort of outlooks on design and stuff, it's, you know, little problems that people go through, you mm-hmm. know, like just resin types and stuff like that. But sure. Yeah.
1: So – You meet Al, and um, had you been writing Channel Bottoms at the time? What was your exposure? i would never... At the time, I was actually... I think I was writing...
0: I was writing my own boards, but I was sort of heavily influenced by a guy called Ralph Blake, who's Kiwi shape, shape, town and country. A lot of my theory came from his, because his boards just went so well. And so when I came here, I... The boards are totally different you know because going into hot stuff and it was all channel bottoms all polished glass on fins you know everything i was just wow these things are amazing you know and and so i i got on one and i, I i'll never forget it took me about at least three weeks and i was surfing out the front like chugan with av and i just said to him you're kidding if you think these things work you know and he just he looked at me with a smile, he always had the smile. And he goes, "You'll click," and and I was, just, "Oh yeah, just weird. you're kidding yourself, you know." And then oh, it's about a week later, I just found the sweet spot and sort of worked it out, and haven't ridden a concave since. You know, every every time I get on a concave, I it's like
1: that. Nah. So you had been writing the board for a week before yeah, it really clicked.
0: Yeah, to, yeah. Pretty much to for it to what what I was feeling was on my back end, I couldn't you know you on a normal board you get up and you could go and just do a real nice turn and go off in the channel. It really to the best way to describe it. You have to sort of engage the channel. So you, you, the easiest way is to do a quick turn before you do even your bottom turn. You can just go up and down. And it engages everything, and that, and then the thing's going hundred miles an hour, and you're off. And that's what I, I think I was trying to push it too hard, and, and instead of letting the board do the work, and then, yeah, that it's so hard to describe, but I, I think that's the thing. And every guy that I that say, oh, I just it does this, it does that. Just give it a time, and just work your feet out a bit because I think with the channel the sweet spot on the board's a lot smaller too so dialing in your dimensions are really critical you know so especially width you know so getting your width right is to me probably the biggest thing you can have a 6.0 to a 6.8 but if the width is a quarter inch out it's you're not you'll struggle with it you know within you know reason but you'll you'll find it's uh,
1: it doesn't go on rail right or, or things like that, you know. It makes me worried that people will write off a design, you know, like something that yeah, is oh. designed perfectly, they're not gonna give it a week yeah, to yeah, suss it out.
0: Yeah. That's why I think I always tell people, you know, if call me, you know, everything can be fixed and and I mean our our boards you have to write our fins. you know, so our fins, are, the AB1s especially, are uh, really small. They look like a grom fin, you know, so, but they're purely for the channel bottoms. If you put a normal set of, you know, G3s or something, and they too, there's too much fin there. So what happens is you overfin the board, so the board just tracks and stuff. So, I mean, a good friend of mine, really good surfer from Lennox, he, he said to me, I, I did him up a board, board was a great board, you know, and he rang me, nah, doesn't go. And he'd been riding losts for, forever, you know. And you know, I mean, I know that boy goes good, you know, because he's my size. And, and anyway, um, he sent me a photo of it and it had some loss with like a Mayhem fin in it or something. And I just went, dude, I gave you a set of AB1s. And he's like, oh, but they're, they're not my favourite fin, you know. My fin, I went... Mean, I just go try it with the um, AB ones and rings there next day and goes oh my god that, that thing's magic I went dude you should know better you yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> and um, so yeah, getting yeah. back to that anything can be fixed within within reason like you know edges are, as Al taught me that years ago on a board I'd shaped and I just said no nah, it doesn't it doesn't feel right you know and. And he looked at it and he took about eighth of an inch off the top of the fin pulled the edge back about an inch and got on it i was like oh no that can't be right you know and then from that day on it's like how important the edges and fins so it's a lesson that as a as a shaper and sander and glasser, yeah everything it's so important you know and so it's um and things can be fixed so that's why to that's always important. talk to, talk to your shaper, you know, because shapers, you know, so often you hear when a board doesn't go, you know, it, you go, oh, that's not, or it broke, you know, that's the worst thing. You always, whenever a board breaks, I get a photo, you know, and to me, I make the highest quality, all the best materials, everything, and. Boards break, you know, and it's it. Your heart sinks, you know. You just go, oh, God, what happened? Oh, a pin dropped off a ten foot wave onto the board. Of course, they're going to break, you know, but they're not. They're not sending you to like rub it in your face, yeah. but but so those guys that get on and the board's magic, yeah. You hear from some, but a lot of boards go out there that you just wonder how that board went, you know, and. And then later they come back and order board. Oh, that's the best board of my life. It's like, oh, God. She told me, you know, because yeah, you yeah. do think about it. Like every board that, that goes out my door, I think about that board it's like, you know, as a shaper. You know, any shaper will tell you they you worry about boards. You know, and no matter how long you've been doing it, you always go back to it and feel it. And oh, it's just, especially if it's someone that's a good surfer, you you, know, you want them to enjoy
1: the board. you're like, and, yeah I'm glad to hear that because um, I don't want to bother the shaper I figure everybody's bothering them and I figure a lot of people are bothering them without even ordering boards you Yeah, know, they're yes. just calling to like pick their brain about stuff that they're thinking about buying and they know, never ultimately do so I don't want to be the guy who's hounding them but I'm yeah. glad to hear you say that
0: I think if you bought a board and the guy shaped yeah. the board he, yeah. he wants to hear yeah you're right about I call them tire kickers you know and it's they'll be Buying another board, I, I'm pretty good. I always try and steer guys in the right direction or even to the – it's like guys will, will come to me with a DHD or something and say, oh, can you copy that? It's like, he's in Burley, mate. <laughs> well, I'm not copying that. You go, go get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah he's, a, he's up the road. And, yeah, so, yeah, always talk to your shape, eh?
1: couple of things. Um, you said that your buddy Atlantic should have known better. I find that uh, people who actually surf pretty well and have a lot of information actually get in their own way. You know, they yeah. don't rely on the shapers so yeah, much. Yeah. They just think they know, so they're going to put the fins in that they think they know is going to work, but that eliminates all opportunity for magic to happen when you're trying to impose your will on it um yeah definitely so i think it's important that you did say that to remind people that it's like no, no no uh long-term relationship with a shaper where you're kind of constantly communicating and getting that feedback is not only beneficial for you but it's actually beneficial for the shaper too because the shaper is aggregating all of that information with all the other surfers that they're communicating with exactly and it's it's it's
0: just on that fin thing i i'm I'm very hard going. Part accepting boards being sold without fins, you know. So that's sort of how it is now. Going to a shop and you you buy your board there and go over there and buy your fins. It's like and the shape has no say in what's happening to that board, you know. And and it could so, be such a mismatch. Oh, exactly. Yeah, I see it quite often. You and that's the bit that I I still can't get every board that. Except if someone has already got, got our fins, and not even our um, our channel bottoms, but our concaves and that, it's you get a set of fins because I know those fins work in that board. You know, if you go out, try a different set and it works, all good. You know, but I want that say when you walk out the door to say, I know that board's going to work with those fins. You know, and if it doesn't, we can go to a bigger set or something we can work it out you know but um that's i I still can't accept it that shops sell boards without fins. sorry that the shaper
1: has no say in what fins that board's getting yeah the other detail about what you were saying um that's worth discussing you said with your experience writing the channel bottom that you once you kind of let the board do thing like you were trying to impose your will on the board and then once you let it kind of find its way then it clicked mm. and i found that the best designs that i've ever written not the best boards necessarily but like it's a it's a different style like a different design feature that i'm not familiar with i'll get on the board and i'll try to rip you know i'll try to do what i know i th- what i think i can do it when i'm at my key like top performance and the board just doesn't go. Yeah. And so a lot it sometimes on a new board I won't do that. Sometimes I'll get on a new board and because it's new, I'm kind of letting it letting it show me its way. And it'll find whether it's trim or just kind of find a like arcing bottom turn. Ultimately, that's the best sensation in surfing. Yeah. I'll usually uh in the future go ahead and impose my will on it and have lesser quality experiences just because that's yeah. my default to try to do that. But the, the design is designed with the wave in mind. It's yeah, designed yeah. to fit contours in the wave. And so if you yeah. kind of just let it do its thing and you're neutral, that's going to be the best experience. Yeah. And that's uh,
0: 100%. That's exactly it. And me, young and naive, would yeah. have been going, oh, I'm ripping. I'm out surfing with AB. I'll show them I can rip. Yeah. And just
1: cooped it. You know, yep, so. all the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's get into channel bottoms. What's the philosophy? What's the
0: design theory? The main theory would be it's channeling water, you know, so because its speed and hold, you know. So essentially, so you'll, you know, like a concave, you can come off the bottom, and it can drift that little bit that it just channels just don't do that. So you can put them hard rail and they just go up and they'll point you in the other direction, you know. And so that's the hold and and the speed in the barrel and things like that. So you'll be in a barrel and the thing will just get you out of it, you know, with you can have your eyes shut, there's water everywhere and bang you'll come out and the best thing about them is just the direct, the water getting pushed out the back, The sort of, if you stand on the tail, which is sort of the opposite to most boards, if you're in the barrel, you'll get forward on the board, but these really, you put your weight on your, your back foot and it just squirts you out, you know, so that's the, essentially, it's directing water from the, because in theory, the main bottom design, it has a V, then a concave into a double concave into a V channeled, a channeled V. So at the start, the water gets under your front foot and then pushes it either side of the V and throw out, out the channels. And I mean, most, most of our boards have double or triple flyers, so that just helps release the water out the sides as well. And ideally, the best... Tail was a swallow, and that's uh, frees the board up. It's all about loosening the board up as much as you can, so our boards are over overrocked. You know they're uh, quite a bit pulled in and curvy in the tail with the flop when with the flies, and so that all. If you didn't have your channels, in, the board would be like just loose and going around in circles, basically. So as soon as you put you know centimeter deep channels through it, you know the
1: just straightens everything pushes okay. all the water out the back so to re kind of to start at the beginning for listeners um the idea with a lot of designs there's uh obviously you want to go fast and you want to be able to turn so if you have flat rocker in a board you're able to go fast cuz if there's rocker it's going to be pushing water yeah. if you're going straight but once you get the board on rail that rocker is now sideways and in the water, so there's a tighter turning radius with more rocker. Yeah. So the speed, flatter rocker will let you go fast, more rocker will help you turn. But what you're saying is the channel bottoms are adding a lot of speed to the board, so you can actually add more rocker Yeah, and, and, and get yeah. both the best of both worlds, basically, yeah. Yeah. faster so and tighter. If, if you look at one of our boards
0: uh, from the side, it look, looks over rockered, but if you look down nose to tail the rocker's quite flat because you're looking down the channel. So, essentially, even if you do a really deep concave and you start off with an over-rockered board and then put the concave in and it flattens that rocker. So, but when so when the board's on its rail, the rail is curved still, so it's still loose. So, But when it's flat, it's the flat's rocker. So, as soon as the board goes on, the ro- on its rail, you've got that curve to make it turn and then when you go back onto its flat it's flat so you take off again you know? got it
1: same same theory in a the concave really sure but um how did we arrive at six channels yeah it's it's still the ongoing debate is for us
0: personally it's it's the optimum it's easiest to manufacture they look the best they do everything you need a four channel works quite well you know you, it's just if anything they a little bit more forgiving I'd say um, and the eight and the ten are great in single fins and stuff like that because they got just got more bite you know so um, so not as good for turning but like in a single fin it just adds drive so you know the you know the Colsmith 10 channel was you know probably the ultimate you know ball, single fin just for It looks so good, yeah. But as for production and um, uh, everything else, really, the six channel you can't go past it. It's the most kind of
1: universal, yeah, yeah. universally applicable. Um, Are there any board designs that channels won't benefit? Won't benefit. Um, Single fins, twin fins, tri, long board, short board. I, it, I, I, I would say a quad,
0: but the guys riding the quads love them. You know? yeah. it, it's To me, they work in everything, but I personally, I don't like them in a qu- with a quad set up. I find that just too, the turn ends is a bit funny, but I always get told from the guys who've riding them as quads, you're not using them enough, which is probably my fault too is because I'm a thruster guy It's I'll use it for a week as a quad and just go nah, get it, that turns like a thruster you know so but really like as a single fin they're the best, you've got to have channels in the single fin you know because it just adds drive, it's the same with the 20 you know as a twin fin um, the channels just add drive so you get that twin fin feel but you've still got drive and yeah really I mean, everything I do has the channels, and really, like, it's... Uh, I can't... Even the mouths, and they, I'll do guys mouths with channels, and they love them. Hmm. So, and really, I'd say, OK, a MAL, it wouldn't go... Saying so, actually, anything that... We don't put channels in any of our big guns, you know, so anything over 8.6, we don't put... Unless someone has requested a channel in a 9.6 or something, but all those big guns, always V-bottoms way uh, just it's too much happening you know so you don't want to complicate things if you know on a 20-foot wave and you know you it does cavitate or something goes gets too much water movement because you do going so fast so that's it's purely for s- safety and stuff like that because of that sweet spot if you get up you know like I don't surf Mavericks or anything, but I imagine if you got up at Mavericks and, you know, how steep it is and you've slid sort of four up at the front of your board kind of thing, the channels aren't, aren't in the water and stuff. It's just defeating the purpose of, you know, that's where everything's always a big V in it, you know. So that's what we've found with the guns. Safe is, it's safety first. You, you know? probably don't need more speed anyway. Exactly, Exactly, and that's where we found the eight sixes. That's um, put it, it's about the optimum. Guys will uh, surf eight sixes at big cloud break and stuff like that, and it works, you know, because it's still a barrel, you know. Guys are still getting barrel, but yeah. you know, guys are, uh, We were, you know, if it was a single fin, if it was a nine six single fin for Waimea or something, yeah, it could have channels. Okay. Yeah.
1: Are there any deficits to the design? Uh. I'm too biased to say like you're saying before.
0: Someone's going oh, too hard to make Sanders glasses hate them, you know. And but to me the the performance outweighs all that, you know. And so yeah, I can't. Yeah, I'm too biased to. I can't. Uh, uh, realistically, they, if anything, they probably can get damaged, you know just because there's so many bits to them. So if a leg rope gets caught around your fin and, you know, can crack a flyer or things,
1: but stuff happens to
0: every other surfboard too, you know.
1: So. I've been worried with mine in the trunk right now. Every time I go to close the trunk, I'm, like, very aware that it's there because I don't want to crush it. You know? Yeah. Oh, it's like having a good pair of sunnies, though. You know, yeah. You're, you're not going to
0: walk around and go to the pub with them or... You know, sit on a $500 pair of sunnies, eh? yeah. you know. So that's how I, I, I find our boards, they get
1: treated pretty well, you know. Um, I've seen a few, I don't think they've been your guys' boards, but I've seen a few where there's like a step in the channel. Any yeah. thoughts on that? Have you guys been doing that and what's the um, idea behind a I one the other day for Ian Byrne, who's Ellen's brother, and um,
0: I've seen Glass everybody's channel bottoms, and but he, um, I think I think Tommy Peterson was that, that was his fireball. That's what it was. Yeah, That's yeah. exactly what it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, people like them. What's I, the What's the idea? What does it do? To I honestly I can't speak on other people's designs, but my theory of what they're doing is they're loosening that board like we're saying about having a channel bottom and loosening it up so my what i think they're thinking is it's letting the water out the tail and as you're turning you're turning on the normal tail so it's going to be pretty loose right right on its tail so and then when you go back to flats,
1: you're engaging the channels again again so that's my theory i it's releasing the water off the first step yes, basically yes. so sooner yeah and uh, they look great, you know, like, and um, most
0: things that look good go good, you know, or you can work them out to go good. And and I was speaking to him about it when I glassed it and I said, you know, how'd they go? You know, to, and he goes, yeah, the guy loves it. So, And that was his first one that he had done too. So, and that, you know, it's, uh, I, I'm sure they'd be great in small ways and that too,
1: you know, just a Beaches out here, you know. Yeah. Um, so you started working with channels in 1995-ish, so over 20 years ago? Yeah. 25 years, oh, 24 years ago? Yeah. Are you surprised that they're not embraced more um, wholly? Like, there's not guys uh, on tour writing channel bottoms. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's I, purely, I think it's about production, you know. Oh, really, though? I mean, like, the guy's winning... Going for world titles, they'll pay a premium. They don't care what production yeah. is; like they will want. They want the best quality material. Yeah, it's a hard one. I, to me, I think, yeah. Why
0: wouldn't if you're at J Bay, why wouldn't you have a six channel Kira here? Why wouldn't you have, be pulling out your six channel? But I think it gets back to that as for the pro surfers. They're so tuned to their board, that favourite board that there is their go-to board. If they mix it up too much, I think it will just play with their head, you know, mentally to not be able to switch between boards. Because I I think if someone was on channels on the tour, they'd have to be 100% on channels, you know. Yeah. But back in the day, you know, there's Archie and Matt Hoy, you know, they all... They were pretty solid channel riders, you know, and they did all right. Yeah. And Rick Smith, who's Cole Smith's um, son, he did the QS for you know quite a while, and he repped and And I think as Slater said to said to him at J Bay I like, "You were the standout," really? and that was purely just the speed and the turns he was doing on the six channel, and he only rode six channels, but he yeah, is too nice to be on the Pro Tour. Didn't have that competitive spirit, you
1: know? Yeah, I do. Um, I think Archie and Hoy are great examples. They were kind of the end of an era where people actually experimented with board design on tour. Every Before them, I mean, you saw a lot of far-out-there stuff of yeah. people doing very different type of surfing, and now all the surfing we see on tour is so homogenized. And that's where the, it's like you go, I go into a surf shop
0: now and just... It's, it's I look at the boards and it does nothing for me. You really? Know? Just like pick them up. I, I appreciate the, the work that's gone into making them and that, but just you pick them up and they're just all the same, you know, and that can't be good, you know. It's I think personally pro surfers should make boards just to have a go, spend time in the factory to get an idea on surf design because a lot of the pros, you know, just – who I've met through the years, they they are very picky on their boards. And, you know, you hear stories of guys will go in with 20 boards and take one. You know, as a shaper, that be I'd be heartbroken, yeah. you know, to go, just made you 20 boards and you pick one? And you, just by putting it
1: under your arm? Yeah. I, nah. Well, <laughs> the reality is they are that attuned, I think. A lot of guys are, at that level anyways. Yeah, yeah, they know yeah. the one that's going to work for them but it's for the style of surfing that they're trying to do, which, again, is this super narrow-focused thing.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: But even when you see guys, like I remember seeing Stewie Kennedy riding one of the Tomos in the U.S. Open years ago with, like, the flat nose, the weird-looking kind of planing hole ones, and the judges underscored him drastically, and I think it was strictly to do with the board just aesthetically when you're watching him surf on a wave it just doesn't look the same as everything else that i'm used to seeing yeah, yeah. and the judges trying to do their job is difficult and they're trying to fit a square peg almost into this round hole and they don't know how to do it and it just comes out as a 5.5 ride instead of what should have been an eight yeah if you had a pointy yeah. nose you know yeah no
0: that's exactly right and and that's if if i was a pro i'd be doing the same it's like that's the judging criteria i've got to meet that and old mates doing
1: a 360 year I have to do it you know so the problem though is the vast majority of people watching that pro tour think that they're going to be able to surf like that if they go get a board like that and the reality is 90% yeah. of the world should be riding a mid-length yeah. with tons of foam yeah. you know I,
0: exactly and that's a hundred percent and it's um I we're lucky with our our business it's it's our, our clientele know. Mm-hmm. They know exactly what they want. And um, it's all about getting barreled. and it's not about doing turns. Yeah, it's about doing turns and that, but it's it's about going fast and stuff like that. It's not. It's being realistic to yourself, you know. Yeah. It's like, I mean, I am, you know. So you can't, it's like we're saying, I've got to go out and rip. It's like, as soon as you try and rip, you know, you don't you, you far it. from it. Yeah, you know? exactly.
1: Uh, you said you were building 10 boards a week with AB. How many are you up to now? I
0: do about... I try and do five of my own brand and then of Burning Spears and then, you know, old glass, maybe three other, like Mount Wedgees or Jamie Burns, do Dalbergs and Thornton Fellanders just all the channels, you know. So always try and do... So I, I try and do sort of five to eight, you know, which is... A big week, you know, all channels, you know, I'm doing everything, you know, and I do have a couple of mates that are contractors that I'll just call up and say, "Hey, I need, need to, um, to, it's funny, today we're, we're uh, Burley Brewing, are doing a, um, like an exhibition to handmade boards and guys for, our lot, for to showcase guys like us and uh, I've been on the phone just trying to organize all the boys, just trying to get the boards gla- uh, you know, shaped so we can give them glasses, right? Because it's a night. The next two weeks, is going to be up to the 10, 12 a week, you know? So, and all high-end, all cause right. are show pieces. So they'll be polished and like, well, yeah. So I'm actually dreading the next few weeks.
1: Do you ever envision a machine building or a uh, CNC machine cutting and shaping channel um. bottoms? Well, they say they can do it. I think they can. Yeah, yeah. and um, there's a machine that can do it. Oh,
0: yeah. And to me, I'd spend more time trying to get that machine to do what I wanted. That would take me to. I mean, yeah. It's, if it's making, definitely going
1: to be there if you, know? you were making fifty of the same exact board, yes. maybe. Yes, exactly. But, but you're not. No, we everything's different, and that's
0: because I was. Talking to one of the guys who had the machine, that we can do it. I'll bring you a, a demo of one. Yeah, sweet. Bring it. Bring it down. Never turned up. And, <laughs> um, but I was trying to explain to them that every board, every channel is different. So if you have a board that's eight in, if it's six five, eight and a half, and a half, those channel widths are going to be different. To a board that's 19 or even 18 three quarters is going to be an eighth of an inch different each channel. So if you're, and you know, at the moment, the machine, you know, we use a computer to pre cut boards and they're great, but they're never perfect. You always have to true them within, sometimes it's a millimetre, sometimes it's three mil. But with the channel, if you're three mil out in the tail, well, that's visually you can see it. So uh, on a flatty or, or a connie, you can basically have, go, oh, yeah, that's sweet, I'll just draw the tail template in and then the board might be a li- an eighth of an inch, but you won't notice, and most of us wouldn't notice, but on a channel, that you just can't do that. So if the outline's doing that, if a machine's going into shape channels, uh, everything would be just, yeah. Yeah, it'd end up a circus, you know. So That's a good point. In the future, it will definitely be there, I guarantee it, you know, and hopefully the best thing will be a sanding machine or a glassing machine, but I can't see, I heard a rumour there was one in China, but, you know, a glassing machine, but who knows.
1: It, I mean, the reality is um, there are machines and robots doing far more technical work than that, but it's for industries where the volume is significantly higher and it's profitable to do it. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Surf industry just isn't. No, exactly. I'm so not going to design yeah. a machine to glass eight boards
0: a week. Yeah, exactly. Know? And that's that's exactly it. And I can't. Yeah, people say, that, oh, you should buy a computer machine. It's, so, I'm not outlaying eighty grand for something that would never pay itself off. You know, especially I can hand shape. So, you know, and there's machines all around the Gold Coast. site. So. yeah. I'd love one just to learn it because I always try and stay up to date with, you know, technology. and But, yeah, you couldn't... Um, I can't justify out It's hard, hard justifying paying $800 for a
1: sander, you know, and it, that's your workhorse, you know. Yeah. So, <laughs> that's yeah. funny. Yeah. Are there any other um, board designs that you're excited about seeing right now? I just was up hanging out with Andrew Kidman the other day and he's got this new film out called On the Edge of yeah. the Dream featuring the George Greeno edge design yeah. so that's fresh in my mind is something that's like so radically mind opening and altering that I'm not quite ready to address it you know but are, are there any other board designs that you're looking at right now that are really intriguing
0: um yeah, it's I reckon that the one thing I was intrigued by was that a fireball or the step channel, if, yeah, whatever they call it. Uh, that one uh, is what gets me thinking. You know, I see it, and um, always that's probably the one I've just been because I'm in channels. You know, and uh, really in design, not really, but in what guys are doing with tints and stuff like that. That's sort of what I'm amazed by at the moment. It's like. That's the best thing about Instagram and stuff. You yeah. get see what everybody's doing around the world, and you're like, "Wow, well that's cool." You know, I might try that. So, for me, I think social media has will lift our industry quite a bit, and the quality of boards and the different stuff that's coming out. You see it around here now. You know, this you know, ten years ago this was the six to 18 and a, half, two and a quarter, you know, town. You know, everybody had the same board. You know, now. Not many people have that high-performance board, you know. Yeah, they around, but you know, there's everything right there, now, you know, okay. which is it's good because it, guys learn, you know, and that's the biggest thing about um, surfboards. If you ride different stuff, you learn, you know. Yeah. So it's um, and it's just good for you. It's good for you. surfing. You're buying boards, keeping
1: people in jobs. You know, yep. it's it's good. You know? Um, Jamie is Alan's son. Yep is he taking over some shaping responsibilities at the factory yeah, or he, he does a bit he does a, he has his own label JB
0: he's always he since as a kid grew up in the factory you know he's you know the main shaper at JS so he's he's doing great out there and and when AB passed we're you know we're in this sort of crossroads and we just sort of carried on as we were and as as I think time goes on, Jamie will get more involved in burning spears. And, and do, to me, it's great to have Jamie because I'm so sort of narrow-minded into Channel Bottoms and this is it, you know. And But he does all the new stuff, you know, because it's coming from JS, you know, he, he's doing all the new. So as a team, you know, we're great, you know. So we have those, um, the different board types, you know. And he great at channels too, you is great, it? great channel shape i mean grew up in our factory you know so how yeah, could you not you know
1: um how often do you ride other people's surfboards
0: uh not probably not enough i do ride them like uh, if i'm surfing with a guy I, i'm always will be keen and um yeah I, I think always sort of oh that's a bit funny and the one i would never ridden an epoxy a while ago and never written one you know it's just like because they're just too I've, I've shaped a couple you know channel bottom epoxies and they're so hard to make it's you know it's just not worth doing them so i'd never read in a epoxy and i was like oh, it was like two foot out here it's like oh, you know give us, give us that board you know it's so the mat at um at the factory and i just had a ball on it really you know, and it was um just a, yeah, I think it had a big, it was a st- like a stinger. It had a big flyer, you know, it was a b- kind of bizarre-looking thing. Surfed that good. I felt so good on doing all these turns. He even sold one to a guy out there, you know. He goes, <laughs> what's that? And just as a friend, you know, and I, and I showed him the board. He goes, oh, so it goes and buys what his. you know. Jesus. Amazing. <laughs> but so it's, and that's where I, where I say I don't think I surf another, enough of other people's designs to open my mind a bit about other boards, you know, and other technologies, you know. So, because we are very, or I am very, um, you know, PU stringer, you know, just change the
1: stringer as the board gets bigger, you know, channel bottom. You know? Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, if you could get one board from anybody, what would you get? Ooh. Yeah.
0: It's a hard one. You know what? I'd like to try uh, like Greg Weber's new one, you know, the concave deck thing. Yeah. Things freaky looking. Yeah, yeah. Just to, you know, I I watched this thing and he was talking about it and I was like, yeah,
1: that.
0: It sort of makes sense, you know, so... He has a way of making things sound yeah, like yeah. they make sense, <laughs> yeah.
1: but I'm not convinced all yeah, the time.
0: that's, I think, the main reason I'd like to try it, is to go, one, I just want to feel it under my feet to see what that would be like, because, you know, we've all played with single concave decks, you know, so over the years, so... And no one really... I mean, that's what your board ends up like, so no one would go, oh, I'll, I'll just shape that in straight away, you know. And so um, that one, or I think, you know, like a, a Firewire, like a Tomo or something, because I haven't written any of those designs, you know. So just to see, you know, how those technologies are going. I'm more interested in the technologies rather than the design of oh, the board, okay. you know. So um, only so I can relate it back to my board, you know, So and just trying different technologies. But... Um, like I say I'm very narrow-minded and you know this is how a rocker should look and you know
1: I mean you kind of there's so many variables and there's so many different things that it's impossible to do it all you know and once you kind of chase a rabbit hole you can still explore that infinitely and so it's hard to well that's
0: the thing it's like I haven't finished with my own boards you know like and that's exactly it you know and like I just recently made a board for myself, and I thought oh, this is going to be insane. Just went a bit wider in the nose, wider in the tail, wider there. Yeah, it's going to be insane. worst thing I've ever done, you know. And, and I just went, oh, there you go. You know, I should know better, you know. And, and that's funny. But you got to do it to you realize. oh, yeah. I, I basically made a board that was just
1: for a guy that's seventy-five or eighty kilo, you know, rather than my sixty-eight kilo. You know? Sure. Um, is there anybody you'd like to see ride your boards? Uh, I'd like to see one in the wave pool,
0: in Slater's wave pool. That'd be um, just, uh, you know, to me that's probably the ultimate wave to try our boards out in, you know, just because you, 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 the way it looks, it looks like that barrel section is actually quite as harder than it looks, you know, and for us, sort of me mortals, but the... Um, that's where I think. That, but as, as surfers go, you know, I think we've always had really high end guys surfing that, our design and they all love it. And so, really, I mean, I'd I always, you know, any surf I get a buzz out seeing, you know, if I see one of our boards down here, you know, a guy gets the hell barrel through here, you just say, no <laughs> <laughs> I matter mean, really, like it. at the end of the day, it's you know, if you're riding it, I'm going to be
1: just as stoked as you know, if Slater's riding it, you know, or, yeah, it's good think. to hear. Um, I did serve Slater's wave pool by the way, oh, did you? Yeah, no. and I ate it on the I was allocated two rights and I ate it on both of them in the barrel, oh, so it man. is it is hard, it's yeah, not yeah, as easy yeah, as you would you think, yeah,
0: yeah, I it just looks it, and that's where, um, you know, I just go because the our boards are so easy in the barrel that yeah. that's where you just stand and it just phew, you'd be out you know yeah. and that's where i just go oh it's gotta that's that's the ultimate you know and that's where i you know to me i think you'd probably best ride in epoxies and that you know and i'd um just flotation you know and so you know we built the scardia a 5.9 epoxy channel and i was just like oh this is the ultimate board for that pull you yeah. for a little short channel bottom you know yeah
1: i just kooked it it was i mean it wasn't my board's fault it wasn't the wave's yeah. fault it was just there's you're so nervous yeah. is what it is yeah, yeah. And you're you stiff got, yeah. You're just like you got two chances that's you know? that was the problem yeah. so the first one um i like was afraid i wouldn't even catch the wave first of all you know yeah At like yeah. The, they start counting down everybody's watching, the train starts coming, and you have those thoughts. You're like, I might not catch the wave, because I remember seeing a clip of Martin Potter missing a wave Uh, in the pool, and I'm like, if Potts can miss it, I can miss it. And then I got it, I caught the wave, I'm like, okay, step one, check, got up, like, all right, didn't fall. Like, just kind of casually did like a safety check turn, felt okay, and then I could see it start to double up, so came out of the check turn and like pulled in, and just in the barrel, midway through the barrel, like my outside rail caught, and I just went down. And I thought to myself, okay, that wasn't as bad. That was easier than I expected. Shake off the nerves, I'm fine. All right, the next wave, I'm just gonna get shacked on, mm-hmm. and I'm, it's gonna be epic. The problem was that one hour session in the pool, you're only allocated one right and one left. So I didn't have another right in that session. Then I get out of the pool. Watch two other sessions go by for two hours. Then we have lunch. Then we come back. Now it's four hours later by the time the next ride is coming. And it was like all the nerves had built up again yeah, over the course yeah. of the four hours. So in the ocean, you can shake that experience off real quick and then get a little wave while you're paddling out, like loosen up, then wait for the set wave and reset and go. Yeah. This, it was just pure nerves, yeah. you know? I'd be plus, you know? I'd, it's yeah. tough. It's like here... Yeah.
0: If you're surfing snapper, you know, yeah, it's the same kind of thing. You'll wait out there for an hour, but then you're like, "Oh, this is my chance." Everything and you go over the it. falls. Yeah, you're like I just waited that. That was my wave, you yep. know, and then yeah. So you just and forgot.
1: everybody's looking. Yeah, as you're paddling yeah, in, you yeah, see yeah. all these eyeballs. Um, <laughs> yeah. So what's funny, John? John, I just saw today on Instagram. He rented out Slater's pool for nine days, oh. and he and his coach Ross Williams and they are all there training for Snapper.
0: Yeah, yeah there you go. How's that? Yeah. Well, it is. It's it, to me that's Snapper. You know, when you look at it, it's, yeah. it, is, it is. It's out here, perfect example. And that's I right, to me, it being Slater would have built that for training. You know, he wasn't thinking about us going there to. No. Um,
1: Rent it out. You know? no so. But I mean, it's crazy to think that we're at a day and age where John John and his crew can rent it for nine days in preparation for this event.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we, uh, a mate went there. He, he went there and he was outside and he was filming it on top of an RV. Cops came, moved no them on. And and then, so he's come back here and he's rung me and he's gone, right, so we're going to, I've done the math, you know, we, we can. Rent this place out, you know. If there's ten of us, it's gonna cost us, you know. If by the time we do it, that's about ten grand each, and I'm like, <laughs> for a day, and he's like, yeah, and I'm like, you know, how many surf trips you can get for ten grand, I
1: know. you know? And and he's like, no, but you should see this wave. I'm like, Dude, yeah, so sorry.
0: it's five
1: hundred dollars a wave, <laughs> You know, like put it that way, and it sounds yeah. insane. Yeah, yeah, nah.
0: And that's the thing. It's um. <laughs> i'd like to experience it though
1: so. yeah uh it's pretty surreal i mean i despite me falling and i drove home the next day just needing to stop in santa barbara and surf just to get the jitters out yeah. of my system i had all that latent energy but despite all of that it was still radical it was like going to disneyland when you're a kid that's the feeling that it was It yeah, was just yeah, yeah. pure excitement yeah you know? Oh Yeah, and that's the thing, it's,
0: um, you know, people go, oh, it's not the ocean, it's like, but still. Yeah. Look, if you rocked up there and you saw that thing, you'd be a kid in a candy store. You know? <laughs> <Unbelievable>. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. And I'm not foregoing the ocean.
0: Yeah. i are still going to use oh, the yeah, ocean. Exactly. And that's, I mean, it was always the debate, but, you know, it, out here it's always, it's like that last swell, you know. it's You're watching guys get the waves of their life and, you know, You'll get there'll be one wave that stands out over that whole weekend. That one guy got, yeah. and you're like, a pool can't re- replicate that. You know, I've just oh, did you, did you see that thing?
1: If it's on social media or something, you're just like, oh yeah, look at that. You know, well, that's the exact detail is not knowing it's coming, yes, not knowing exactly. who's going to get it, not knowing who's going to battle for positioning. Yeah, that's, no, that's exactly,
0: and that is exciting. We don't sit out there for three hours and know to purely surf it's about what's coming next you know well, i make this you know and that's why we surf it's, yeah, it's you know. what was the best wave that you saw from that run that one what well, the one i was describing was a guy um clarky i think it was his name he's burley boy and it was in burley and the thing just spat on it looked like backdoor the thing was just insane and yeah it's just one of the most crazy ways I've ever seen Burley do, you know, just the way, it, swear to God, it looked like Backdoor. Hmm. It was just standing there and things spat, so much water. And that's why Ern was out at the time and he said the things were breathing. He was on the jet ski and he's just going, things were breathing. And it was the peak of that, it was that Saddiabo, you know, and,
1: and yeah. And somebody got it on video.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, so he was able yeah. to see it. If you go on Burley board riders, it's, they just hammered it, you know. And it's, yeah. I think they, I forget the guy's name, but it, I'm sure it's Clarky. It's, it's like something. Good for him. You can't miss it, you know. You're just like, oh, shit. You know, you just watch Kerry and everybody's getting barreled in that, but
1: that was one of those waves you're just like,
0: oh. Yeah.
1: You know. <laughs> Good for him. Yeah. Um, final question for everybody interviewed is, what was the last surfboard that you rode? My last one was...
0: My six five yeah which actually proved to me I, I have my six five it's my step up you know and it's eight and a quarter two and a quarter you know and so I was talking about that border made wider and stuff and I got on that six five and just went it's the thing turned that well yeah the wave had more you know push and stuff through that swell and then and you got I got on it just went Width is everything, you know, and it, it just showed me because I, you know, on a lightweight, so I surf between eight and a quarter to, to 18 and a half and it doesn't matter how long the thing is, you know, and so I jumped on that and just doing these turns it will just go, oh, throw the other one. It's well, <laughs> actually, actually going to go for sale very soon. I, I was looking at it today. I had it on my well, okay, own You're kidding yourself, you know, so... I, I, I think I'm just in that mentality as I, as I get older, I should go wider and thicker. And Scardy did it, that's David Scard, he he did it recently. He was going wider, you know, and he's like 80 kilo. And we've always ridden the same ball, it's the 18 and a quarter, two and a quarter. It's what AV rode, 18 and a quarter, two and a quarter. And, and uh, he's gone back to 18 and a quarter, two and a quarter. I'm going, dude, you're 80 kilo, you're in the mines. <laughs> Guy's charging really? you know, and just he's going it's the best dimensions, you know, mm. and, and so if you like he's a freak, you know, he, he's one of those guys that, you know, will will be ten foot and he'll be out on his six oh, you know, and just getting barreled and loving it, you know. And so I don't think he minds that paddle it' been a harder paddle, but yeah, so but yeah, that last board and was, was six five, eight and a quarter to an Six channel you know. during the cyclone, uh, just before it. Oh, okay, so it's um, it's just out at the alley. The alley's got this blanket that Lacey's It's been that perfect for months, mm. so it's just one of those
1: days out there that you know just love it.
0: Yeah,
1: so, awesome. Well, thank you. No worries. Special thanks to Jake Holloway at Shapers Manufacturing Co. for making this episode possible. You can follow Dale Wilson on Instagram at WilsonJet. I've linked to his work on our Instagram at Surf Splendor and of course on our website, surfsplendorpodcast.com where you can also visit our donation page to support this show via PayPal or Venmo. Any donation received in the month of September will get you an entry to win that Pat Rossin shortboard which he'll custom make for you. This giveaway is sponsored by Spy. So use our promo code, which is the word podcast, on spyoptic.com, and you'll earn a second entry in that board giveaway. So that doubles your chances. And then, of course, you just get a premium quality pair of shades or snow goggles. It is a win-win. spyoptic.com, promo code podcast. And that is through September 30th. The winner will be randomly selected on October 1st, and I will publish that on Instagram. Also, if you're so inclined, rate and review this show in whatever podcast app you use. That helps strangers to find it, which helps our show grow, which helps us attract guests to sit down for an hour to chat. So thanks for all your help with that. I'm glad to play my role and create all the content with your support. So thank you. Alright, this is David Scales. I'll be back on Friday with Chaz Smith for another episode of The Grit. And then I'll be back here on Wednesday for Surf Splendor. Until then, get back into the ocean, share some waves, and shred up.